live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Today happened so fast, you know, and, and just trying to, you know, fight and get through it and make a play out there and get something going. So for me, I, you know, definitely frustrated there the second half. I'd say that's probably, you know, lingering more than any as far as sentiment of the last couple of years. We'll, we'll see how this is a step away from it. But now for me now, just uh, trying to be better, trying to play better. I was trying to try to get something going there in the second half. It was obviously tough sledding, you know, and, and uh, never fun to go out and play like that. Can I hear the first part again, Koo? Sorry. Today happened so fast, you know, and, and just kind of, you know, fight and get through it and make a play out there and get something going. So for me, I, you know, definitely frustrated there the second half. I'd say that's probably, you know, lingering more than any as far as sentiment of the last couple of years. We'll, we'll see, obviously, as, as I step away from it. But now for me now, just uh, trying to be better, trying to play better. I was trying to try to get something going there in the second half. It was obviously tough sledding, you know, and, and uh, never fun to go out and play like that. Wow, that's interesting. Like at first, you know what? At first, I thought, and then I knew it wasn't. By the end, was uh, Russell Wilson? It sounds like Russell Wilson. The first three seconds, yeah. That's like, well, he didn't have tough sledding in the second half. They actually played well in the second half. It's not Hunter Henry again. It wouldn't be that. No, nah, it's not the Chargers. I don't think it's the Chargers. It's okay. uh, so we're, oh, it's got to be a quarterback. Yep. And I think it's the NFL. Certainly the NFL. It better be if we're going college quarterbacks. Come on, man. What are we talking about here? Uh, so let's see. It's NFL. Okay. Okay. Who's one, one last time, please? I know it's probably annoying our listeners, but I really uh, want to beat Brent here. Right now, you don't care about the listeners. I don't care, You're just trying I, I to I get care about beating Brent. Who is the soundbite? Yep. One more time, Coos. Today happened so fast, you know, and, and just trying to, you know, fight and get through it and make a play out there and get something going. So for me, I, you know, definitely frustrated there the second half. I, I'd say that. Got it. You got it? I'm pretty sure I got it. I, I think I got it. I don't. Hey, is it, 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 was, he's talked about a lot during Sunday, wasn't he? Yes. Alex Smith. Yes, Brent. Ah, I can't yeah. be stopped today. That wasn't even on my radar. I can't be stopped today, man. That was today. good. Man. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, I wasn't, I well, wasn't hey, there. Hey, go ahead and thank Aaron Donald for that second half, because that's all I remember about that second half was Aaron Donald saying, oh, that's cool, man. You're coming off a serious knee injury. Oh, that's great. They're going to show your family in the crowd. Oh, that's great. NFL Red Zone's going to go directly to this game for like the next 20 minutes. Check this out. How does four sacks sound? Nobody cares. Boom, I'm Aaron Donald. Four sacks. How about that? Man. Uh, unbelievable. By the way, Miles Garrett making a name for himself all of a sudden. Garrett's don't look now. He's playing well. Yeah. And he got paid, and he's playing well. Uh, by the way, you... You did say, Jan, uh, five sacks, you know, in five games, too. I mean, yeah. that's... Uh, I think he's third right now in the NFL. Is he third sacks. in the NFL? Yeah, tied for third. That's impressive, you know. And yeah. and by the way, they don't have... Uh, is Hunter back? Hunter hasn't played. Is he playing? No, no, no. Yeah, he, he's not he's playing. He's been out. Yeah. So, and they haven't played well on defense to begin with. No. But, um... Shouldn't have let Jan go. Oh, there, here, here it comes. For a second round pick, too. I told you. I, listen, I never liked the fact that Jan was gone. I wanted you to sign Jan. I wanted Jan and Josh Allen for the next however many years. Listen, man. I was consistent with that. Yeah. I didn't say, screw you, Jan. God, you're gone. I yeah. never said that. No. Hey, listen, man. It's been a depressing day talking about the Jags, and we're only going to make it worse talking about Yannick and Gagway. How's Clay's Campbell doing? Is he, how are the numbers there? I don't know. He's not showing up as much, I think, in the stats. I think he's playing okay. I've yeah. seen him with some QB well, hits hey, and deflections. The defense ain't the problem right now for the Ravens, is it? Maybe a little more Lamar Jackson. That's your boy right there. Tell him to step his game up, Brent. Yeah, he's my, I, my freaking fantasy team. We'll get to the call in a moment. <laughs> Speaking of depressing. I mean, my fantasy team, my first pick was Michael Thomas. He's played one game, and now he's fighting players. 
<laughs> Julio Jones, <laughs> teammates, by the way. <laughs> Julio Jones, my second fantasy pick. I think he was. Yeah. He hasn't played in forever. He tries to go back out. Now he's done again, and they stink. They're 0-5. They don't even throw him the ball. See? Ridley's better than him. It's not about the listeners anymore. It's about Brent's fantasy team. Exactly. Right. Let's get it. It's about what sound bites and fantasy teams. What else you got? My third pick was Lamar Jackson, who, like, single-handedly led you to the title last year. I wouldn't say that, but yeah, yeah he had a lot to do with it. He had a lot to do with it. He had, like, 13 points last week. 13 points Wasn't against good. the Bengals. It's probably averaging, the what, 15? The defense Baltimore had more points than... Lamar Jackson. And then, how about this? Keenan Allen catches a touchdown last night. Sure he did. Then Keenan Allen left the game with an injury, and he's on my team. Brent, you better get him an order, man. By the way, nobody lost Debo Samuel. I've lost Le'Veon Bell. Now he wants to be traded. Yeah. Well, maybe like, that's going to be a good thing, though. Maybe he's going to something that scores a lot of points. I mean, I, I was telling Ty that I was complaining to Ty about this sure. show. He's okay. like, man, your team's pretty good. I was like, yeah, if they play. <laughs> They're good on paper, Brent. <laughs> They're good on paper. Hey, meanwhile, don't worry about it. You know, 5-0, and no, just, you know, cruising through another win against Coos. Scotty Miller, don't need you. Doesn't matter. Put up a goose egg. I got guys to make up for that kind of lack of effort from Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller we'll might as well be Scotty Pippen. Hey, by the way, he's cut, by the way. Scotty Miller's gone. <laughs> you got I, I let him go. I'm not going to tell like that oh, goose egg I got one more on my you. team. Josh. <laughs> Lambo, injured reserve. He's my kicker. Yeah, listen though, and I don't, I don't want to tell you how to manage your roster. I got goggles. I got Blankenship. Yeah. He's been great. Yeah, no, I get that. But have you have you kept Josh Lamb on your team still? Yeah, kind of a brand kicker. What are we doing here? Yeah, two kickers like, on the roster. Weeks. I do yeah, have two, two kickers, kickers on the roster. On the roster. What everybody else heard, I, I oh. probably should go. And then how about this, San Francisco? I have their defense. Know, Everybody's hey. heard on their defense, hey, hey, what's right? What's up, Miami? And Miami drops forty-three on them. On the West Coast. Did you get minus points? Yeah, four minus four. Minus four. <laughs> Oh, I love I it, man. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you what. It's almost better to be undefeated as listening to Brent Marno just sulk right now about his fantasy team. I don't team. even care about fantasy. I'm getting it. this pissed off about it's fantasy because you're competitive, man. I appreciate that. That's why we're a good show. All right. Uh, Sean is on the line, you said. Sorry, Sean. You have to listen to all that. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, how you guys doing today, man? Good. I was just calling. I heard some of you guys' callers, and even you, Brent, was like, you know, you can't get rid of the get rid of the guys right now. I'm just calling to say I have to disagree with you guys on that one, man. I mean, you have to, you have to get rid of them. I say get rid of them now. I mean, like I said, it doesn't hurt you, doesn't help you, but you have to get rid of them now. That way, you create some kind of stir. You create, you you build the moment, you build it up a little bit. You get free publicity by the announcers and stuff talking talking about it on Sunday football. You and people with job opportunities. You get to look at other coaches. They are, they are aware of the availability. Let them go. Let them go. If they lose the Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions, you definitely got to let them go after that one. But that's all I want to say. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate the call, man. Well, Thanks for listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. First of all, Sean, don't peg me with Brent Martineau's opinions, okay? Because I, I, I don't share his thoughts there. Well, right? he said like, some callers, and he said Brent. He didn't no, say No, no, no. He said you guys, right? Didn't he say you both? I thought I could have sworn he used hey, the same group. Yeah, he grouped us together. Listen, That's an electric I, company. Oh, I thought it was um something. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, the electric company. That was a bad version I of it. I was thinking too. it was the yeah, what the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, the Goonies. That's also a Goonies <laughs> thing. No, that, uh, yeah. Uh, that might be Goonies, actually. Okay. No, yeah. I think it was Electric Company. Hey, you guys. Okay. You That's guys before your time. Before my time. I, yeah. I was more of a Sesame Street kind of guy. Well, it was, it was when Big I was Bird. a kid, it was Sesame Street and Electric Company. Well, pin a rose in your nose, man. You had two things you're learning. <laughs> that, good for you, man. Good for you. But no, check this out, though. So, you know, I think he said us. I don't, don't want to be associated with Brett Martin's thoughts here and his opinions <laughs> about the coaches. Because this Austin is, Land wants you, Doug Marone fired no, now. Did, hey, hey, don't put that on Twitter either. I said uh, I wouldn't be mad at it like if they take a look at it. It's all I'm saying, right? Because when you have 20,000 followers on Twitter, you can say whatever you want to with 
with no, with no repercussions. <laughs> when you're like me, trying to build your brand, I gotta be a voice of the people. Okay? So, no, I, I I disagree with saying, well, just let him go out through the whole season. If you have to make a change, make a change to set a precedent on that team and to, to try to light a fire on that team, if you will. I also think uh, on this topic, the I, I think Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell, you know, as we talked about this, they were I think they're doing the right thing for the organization in terms of resetting it. Like, if you ask me, in my honest opinion, are the Jags better the next two years by doing what they did? Or by keeping Calais, Boye, Fournette, and giving it a run, right? And yeah. maybe even picking up another guy. I would say probably not. I don't know if they were going anywhere anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, but and now they could have been. They'd be better than one and four right now. They might even contend for the AFC South. I just don't know if they had that kind of team. I I didn't feel that way. Now I might be wrong. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying what I think. I think this is for the organization the better way to go because you're going to have young talent, you're clear space, you're going to be attractive to whoever you might be able to hire, all those things. Like you can get now you got to make a lot of right decisions in that. And this organization has been good, but at least at face value, I think a lot of people would sign up for this situation uh, to coach, to GM, to actually move forward and move forward at a rather quick pace. A lot of that depends on Minshew and who they could get. If Minshew doesn't do his job, uh, who they could get in the draft. But I, I do think, the pivot to this might have been the right move. I also think because they pivoted to this, the expectation level went boom, way down. Mm -hmm. And so because the expectation went way down, I think in the back of their minds, if you're just looking at this, say, hey, how do we keep our jobs here? What do we do? Like, how can we make this better? I think their expectation, if they won six or seven games, people would be like, wow, that's a pretty good job by Doug. That's a pretty good game, Dave. Look at all the young guys they have. Look at all these players that are LaVisca and, and this guy and this guy. Well, right now, that's kind of blowing up. That's not working. Like, if that was their plan, if that was their motivation to say, hey, this is good for the organization, plus we lower the expectation level if we win six or seven, it's not working Mm -hmm. because enough of the young guys aren't playing great, Mm -hmm. right? Where's Chase on? C.J. Henderson's not playing the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Devon Hamilton, I've heard his name called like once. You know, uh, there just isn't enough of that. Plus, they put all their eggs in the Minshew basket, and I think he's doing a good job, but not a great job. And... They don't look like they're going to win at least six games. And if they don't win six games, I don't think they're back. Yeah. Like, I think that they might win six games and they might still not be back. But if they don't win six, I don't think they're back. And so they're kind of making their own bed right now. No, and see, and I get what you're saying here, Brent, but here's where I disagree in terms of, you know, letting Calais and letting Boye walk. And it's something we've kind of discussed uh, before. And it's really the big point that I brought up when you let Calais Campbell go. Because you have to remember how that transpired, right? Like, when they let him go... There was nobody else on the roster. It was like, okay, well, so Taven Bryant's going to take a spot? Like, should we be confident with that? Now, keep in mind, they, they go after Al Woods, they go after Gunter, and unfortunately, given the circumstances, it didn't work out there. But here's where you sit right now. You have an extremely young team, but we talk about those bridge guys, right? Because we saw the same story happen with Gus Bradley's team when he they also just let everybody go. They let guys like Mercedes go. They let guys like Daryl Smith go. And all of a sudden, you had a team that was super young that didn't know how to operate in the NFL. Now, that was a little more, I think, of a personality thing where obviously maybe you had some bad apples and you couldn't wrangle them in. I think this team right now, obviously, they're, 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 they're you know, 
they're all on the same page, right? Like, I don't think you're going to have a lot of distractions because you got rid of all those guys. But with that being said, it's one thing to get rid of the guys because of distractions and everything like that. But my question is, where are the leaders of this team right now? Where are those bridge guys that can turn over the keys? Like, where, where's, where is Clayus Campbell right now to teach, hey, Devon Hamilton? You know what, man? You got a great first step. Let's work on that, that, the footwork a little more. Let's work on your hand placement a little more. You know, like, where's that guy in the secondary that can be like, hey, CJ Henderson, hey, man, you're pressing a little bit right now, man. Relax, relax. It's a hard position to learn. You know what? I got your back. Like, you have an extremely young secondary. You have a kind of an inexperienced interior defensive line right now, or at least a defensive line that, you know, obviously they're, let's just call it like it is. I mean, they're, they're pressing and they're not doing that well. Where are those guys that step up and say, hey, here's what you do. Here's the proper way to play Jaguars football. You don't have those guys right now. You don't have them on the interior defensive line. Um, maybe Avery Jones a little bit, but keep in mind, he's a nose tackle, right? Like, he's not a three technique. So you have a little bit of Avery Jones. You don't really have anybody necessarily in the, in the back end, in the secondary, and you expect them to go out there and just keep learning and learning. And that's where that bridge guy, I think, would come in and be like, you know what? Here's what you guys do. Let me show you the way. And they don't have that right now. Yeah, I think the fascinating question right now is if should they have kept some of those guys, made a, get more of the – Showberts of the world, yeah. spend a little bit, you know, however you had to rebalance the sheets, but also still spend and add to your team rather than subtract and reset and get younger. Where would you be right now? What's the better move? Would you be three and three? Would you be four and two? I mean, I think it's a safe bet to wonder would they have won the Tennessee game and maybe one more game if the defense was halfway decent. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a safe I think that's okay to say. I mean, it, it changed the dynamic of games. Now, this last game, I didn't think so. I thought the defense actually did enough of a job to have the offense be out front and the offense couldn't deliver. Uh, plus, the kicking situation was bad. But you do wonder, I mean, is 3-3, three and three, would that be that much better for this organization right now? Enough to have kept some of the guys and the pieces in place and be a little bit more up against the cap or the look to the future that they did, is that the right move? Even if you don't believe they should keep these guys, is that the right move? Well, and listen, and then to me, in all due respect to Joe Schober, I think he, you know, he'd be a heck of a player here in Jacksonville. Obviously, he's a Wisconsin guy. I mean, I'm cheering for Joe Schober, right? And I think right now, I mean, he's kind of playing on the level where, you know, he's doing okay, but I don't think what they expected him to be, right? I think that you expected him to kind of be like, have a play here, have a play there. And we're not really calling his name that much. Yeah, hasn't had but, a play making play but, yet has but, he yeah but exactly but with all due respect to what he brings to the table and the influence on the team you can't cut my or you can't cut you can't let go of my uh of uh Clayus campbell and expect joe Schobert to come in and take over because you know why number one joe Schobert wasn't here okay he's new to this team as well and number two if you really need to question the influence of joe Schobert right now in terms of Clayus campbell last time i checked Clayus campbell was a captain for a good reason is joe Schobert a captain this year no, he's not. He, uh, no, it no, was Miles Josh is. Allen, Avery Jones, Miles Jack, and Jerry yeah. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. That's got to tell you a little something. Yeah, it, it's an interesting point you bring up. Like, I try not to get too wrapped up in that stuff. Like, I get what you're saying. You played the game, so that's important. Like, when 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 they did this before, they, they made a mistake by not keeping enough of those guys around. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. Uh, would they be that much better just alone keeping Calais Campbell? Well, I think in hindsight, I don't know if you would have signed Gunter, and Gunter's not playing, so that would have been at least a wash at the at the very least. Mm-hmm. And you can move Calais all over the place. I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough of Baltimore to know if Calais is playing great. Has he, is he aging? I, I don't know. I understand what you're saying from a leadership standpoint. Yeah. My point would be, even with your leadership standpoint, the hand the passing of the torch kind of stuff that you're talking about. Correct. Would they still be one in five? But, you know, to me, 
That doesn't matter, Brent, because I think overall, will they still be one of, like, can Clayus Campbell, A.J. Boyd make that big a difference? You know what? Let's be realistic. Probably not. Maybe some, you know, out of God's grace, they win one more game. So right now they're two and four, and that's being generous. That's not my point, though. My point is if the the goal in the, is to build for the future, and if the goal is to have the youngest roster in the NFL right now and eventually turn it over to have a bunch of starters and to have a bunch of leaders on this team that can take you to the playoffs and take you to the Super Bowl, you got to have those bridge guys. Like, to me, it's not about the wins. It, it, it's not about winning a division this year if you have Clayus Campbell and A.J. Boye. It's making sure that the youngest roster in the NFL is set for by the time Clayus Campbell and A.J. Boye leave, it's in good hands. Right now, I can't sit here and say next year and the following year and the year after that that the Jaguars organization is going to be in good hands with these young players because are they truly performing to their full potential? Yeah, I get it. I I, I think it might be a it doesn't feel as drastic as it was the last go round, in my opinion. But okay. that also took a couple of years to play out. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the reason why it doesn't feel as drastic to me is because Miles is in his fifth year. Schobert True. is in his like fifth year or sixth year. Jared Wilson, believe it or not, is in his fifth year. DJ Hayden is in like his seventh year. Avery Jones is in his eighth or ninth year. Mm. You know, Josh Allen is well beyond his years. He's not this young pup that needs guidance. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but he's pretty heady but in the way he's But keep in mind, we got the guidance from that first year, and he speaks very Absolutely. highly of Calais Campbell. Absolutely. Calais Campbell had a huge influence on Josh Allen. But to your point with all the other young, I don't know. You know, I mean, the offensive line is more veteran than anybody wants to give him credit for, to be honest. Yeah. It's with Norwell, Linder, uh, Cam Robinson's in year four. A.J. Kahn's been playing a while. Chris Conley's been playing a while. Heck, Keelan Cole's not a young guy anymore. Tyler Eifert, a tight end. I mean, they have actually a decent amount of veterans. They're not as young. Even though 16 rookies is the headline, they're actually not across the board as young as everybody thinks. You know, because that is the, well, it's the young team, youngest football team. They have some players that are been around the league, you know? So, yeah. And again, I, I don't dismiss that. I think Calais makes a huge difference, and not just Calais, maybe Boye, maybe even a couple oh, other guys. guys. But I, I I just don't know the answer to that. Maybe we but, know in, no. in, a, in a couple years, you know? Listen, all I'm saying is, and it's obviously a different position, but when I went to Chicago, Lance Briggs was still there. Now, obviously, Lance Briggs played a lot of years in the NFL. Um, you know, is, is probably one of the best linebackers in Bears history, if you will. But, like, he was on the back nine of his career. But needless to say, the Bears still saw something where it's like, you know what, maybe he doesn't provide necessarily everything that we need on the field, but from a leadership standpoint, from a guy that knows how to go about his business and what it means to be a Chicago Bears guy on that defense, we got to keep him around. And so they did. And like, when I got in that, you know, when I got my first day sitting in the facility, it's like, Okay, this is still Lance Briggs' thing. Like he, yeah, he yeah. he's definitely like he's the leader. Feel him. No, you can feel him exactly. Now, needless to say, was he the best player on the team? Probably not. But but the guys won a lot of ball games, right? And the guys had a lot of success. He knew how to go about things the right way. Lance Briggs was the bridge for a lot of those young guys in that in that room. And now those young guys, some of them, I mean, some of them are gone now. But like, you talk about the Chicago Bears defense isn't the problem. Right, And a lot of that has to do, in my opinion, of having bridge guys like Lance Briggs be there and say, this is how we go about things. And when it was time for him to leave, he handed the keys off to the younger players, and they took over from there. I'm going to come with you on this front, okay, on this part of it. And and what you just said, it kind of hit me and resonates in this sense. The Jaguars, obviously, somewhere in this pivot, said, hey, we need to clean out some of the bad culture guys. We think they're bad culture guys. I mean, whether they are or not, it's it's you can debate that, but sure. from Ramsey to now Telvin Smith gone over the last couple of years to Ronnie Harrison to Leonard Fournette to 
I don't really think Ngakwe was in this class. I think it was a different was animal. More, uh, that was business. But, you know, the bottom line is they got rid of this little click in there. And yeah. however you view it, that's fine. But they did. And part of that was kind of this transformation of culture, if you will, right? Sure. With all these young guys. And let's reset this thing. And, and even all the way to the top. I mean, Tom Coughlin's not here anymore. We're redoing this, right? And so to your point, to have a guy that you can feel in there, that the city can feel in there, and that is Calais, you know, that alone may have been reason to keep. Like if that, if you pivoted at some point and said, okay, we're going to reset this thing, we're going to re, we're going to build the right culture, we're going to start this thing over a little bit. Yeah. You know, this is my team now, Doug Marone says, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are young players. You know, that's fine. I like them. We like this team. Uh, then why didn't you keep Calais? You know, uh, that alone w- might say, well, we need this guy to help bridge it, to your point. You know, yeah. you've been around it long enough. Where, like, because who do you feel in that locker room from the Jacks? Like, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I think Avery Jones has stepped up a little more than leadership yeah, role this year. Well, well, I, I love I mean, Avery. I'm, I'm, but... And I'm being honest. Like, I think like, he's felt the need to step up, obviously. But in terms of who do you feel? I, honestly, I feel the guy that we're going to have on at five, and he's a second-year player, and that's Josh yeah. Allen. Yeah. That's the guy I feel in that locker room, yeah. you know. Uh, and is that enough? Probably not, mm-hmm. you know. So – I think just from that point of view, you you make a good point. You've lived that. You, you There's probably illustrations like that all across the NFL. And this needed a reset of some sorts. They decided to do that. And that, that's why I get so confused at where this pivot happened. Because if that was your pivot, then why wouldn't you keep Calais? Correct. You know, you have plenty of money. Money didn't become – it wasn't an issue yeah. by now. Like you've got Foles' deal done. Yeah. You're probably not bringing – now maybe you thought you were bringing Jan back. You know, you wanted to get that done. Miscalculated that. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, you're either miscalculating inside the building or not fully pivoting. Right, sure. you got to commit to it. Exactly. You know, it's the one thing you watch, like the Rays play baseball. They are committed to having four outfielders there because the book says so, sure. and they're doing it. They don't change it every other time, and it's working. You got to commit to what you believe in, and this wishy washiness of of this whole last year says a lot. Yeah. It, it says a lot about the inconsistency of this organization, in my opinion. Well, and listen, in, in a perfect world, your bridge guys, they would be Jalen Ramsey. They would be Dante Fowler. They would be Yannick Ngakwe. They would be Allen Robinson. Guys that you drafted, that you built through the system, who are now the leaders. And eventually, when they get, the, get on their back nine of their careers, they can turn the keys off to somebody else. That's not what happened, all right? For whatever reason, for it was the culture, for those bad apples, whatever the reason may be, it didn't work out there. But in my opinion, you had something special with Calais Campbell, who was not ingrained in your system. You didn't draft him. But you know what? You brought him in, and for whatever reason, he took to the city of Jacksonville like a fish in water, right? And all of a sudden, like, he was the guy. I just think you made a, a tactical error by letting him go and thinking, you know what? We're going to be fine without him. We have a lot of young guys, sure, but we're going to be okay. We'll get him right. All right, uh, two quick questions, okay? Just to sum up this, which really started with the coaches mm-hmm. and would you make a move and do you think they should make a move and when will they make a move? Will they make it? Uh, because there's a part of you, you said it yesterday, that still believes that Marone could be around yeah. next year, right? And there's a part of people that believe that they, like I've told you since day one, I don't believe that to be true. Sure. I, I, I'm but not you know a believer. I didn't believe it last year, Brent, no. and here we no, are. No, that's so, true. Yeah. Um, but if the Jags give up 30 against the Lions and 30 against the Chargers, rookie quarterback, by the way, and Herbert, and they yeah. go out there, Will they make? Will Doug make a move with Todd Wash at the buy? The buy is a popular time to make moves. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, um, if you let Todd Wash go, what does that do? Well, probably nothing in terms of schematically, right? You're not going to change a new scheme. No. But I think eventually you have to purvey the fact that, listen, man, thirty points in five games that would be well, no, or, that'd be like six, in six, or in six games. I'm sorry, six straight games. That's not acceptable. 
Okay, like that's just that's not going to work. We're not getting better. To it's, your yeah, point, exactly. you, the thing is to get better now exactly. because you're probably not going to compete for anything. Yeah. Well, that's not getting better. Listen, I can tolerate points getting surrendered. I can even tolerate mental breakdowns every once in a while. But what you should not be able to tolerate right now on this team, especially on that defense, is them regressing every single week. That shouldn't happen. Okay. So if if indeed they're regressing and you're going against an offense with you know Matthew Stafford, which I mean they're okay, but it's the line. Let's be honest, right? And you're going against a rookie quarterback on the West Coast and Herbert, and yeah, obviously he looks like the future. But let's be honest, they're not 100 percent either. If you struggle against them and you look worse than you did against the Texans. I mean, how can you not make a change, Brent? Like, let's be honest here. How, yeah. how can you not? I don't know how you could be dug and not make a change and, and yeah. try to j- jumpstart something. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's playing like with a full deck of cards, you know, in that on that defense. But it doesn't matter. Somebody, something's got to change, right? Yep. That's just the way the profession works. Uh, last one for you: Does Doug Marone make it through the season? <laughs> That's a good question. Could man. be week fourteen. Could be week fifteen. Yeah. Could be week twelve. Could you be the bye week. Could be whatever you think. Does he based, make it through? Listen, based on what I've seen so far, I, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be. It could be late. Um, I think Shad Khan. You know, I think he's kind of stubborn and he wants to see things through. But eventually, you know, and if, like, like like again, like just going what, what I've seen right now from this team. If this team's talking about you know maybe three wins week sixteen or so, I you know it's time to let it go yeah uh we'll see what happens kevin's on the line uh wants to jump in different topic uh, i think he mentioned something about dak prescott uh so we'll let kevin jump in right now on action sports jacks on espn 690 what's up man what's up guys um so i just want to talk about this dak prescott situation because it seems like a lot of people are getting on their high horse saying oh jerry jones and you need to take care of him you should have signed in this net it's funny i hear it so many times about people Oh, you paid that quarterback too much. Oh, that that player, you paid him too much. I mean, this is a cutthroat business. Obviously, Dak Prescott hasn't delivered this season. They're like one and four, or whatever the record is. Um, so I just don't understand how, like, oh, now you have to take care of him. Well, what happens if they paid him and then he got hurt? So your franchise is going to go down the drain, and you paid him all that money. So it just. Um, this is a cutthroat business. Sometimes you get injured, you don't get your money. It's just the way it is. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. the call. You know, it is a cutthroat business, you know, and I do think, you know, people will say this is an interesting situation because there's a sentimental view sometimes in sports. Uh, very few times, <laughs> not a lot, yeah. but sometimes there is. And it was kind of like Alex Smith came back the other day. I don't think anybody in Washington cared that they won that football game. Now, if they had won or lost, yeah. right? they'd love to win. Sure. But I don't think anybody cared they lost. Yeah. The, the story was Alex Smith. I know we didn't care that they won or lost, but the story was Alex Smith. Yeah. There was a sentimental view that kind of trumped winning and losing, you know, in that in that sense. Mm. Um, I think for that day, I mean, well, you're already bad, man. It's not like I'm not talking about a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're already a bad team. Yeah. So I do think sentimental views come into play once in a while mm. um, for <laughs> For this, and Dak is going to be an interesting one not, because you know, the cutthroat part of the yeah. well, you you don't think there's a sentimental value to Dak Prescott in Dallas at all? No, uh, I Jerry think you're Jones? out of your mind. With, yeah. with Jerry Jones writing yeah. the checks, doesn't matter. We're, we're talking Mr. I think Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones, the ultimate maybe sentimental value really? guy. We're talking about the guy yeah. who last year said who's who's Zeke Elliott when they asked him is Zeke going to get paid, and, and he goes him. who's Zeke, and then paid him. 
Yeah, way down the line. He knew he was paying after after he almost lost his locker room because they got all ticked off at him. He knew he was paying him the whole time. Oh, so it was, it was all fun and games. He said Ziku. So then Jerry Jones Brent. didn't bow up. Brent. So the Jerry Jones that you're Brent. talking about Brent. bowing up, then stroked the Brent. check of record fashion Brent. to a guy he didn't want to pay. So so you think Jerry Jones took the L there? He did. That's what you're saying because he paid Ezekiel Elliott. You, you, no, because I think he, he was doing L. it the whole time. No. No. Absolutely was. You don't think that that locker room spoke out and said, how dare you go after Ezekiel Elliott, one of our best players on our team, and that got the word to Jerry Jones, and he responded. Well, then maybe you you're walking so. right into what I'm talking about. You don't think that locker room is going to be sentimental value in favor of Dak Prescott with Jerry Jones? There's no way. They're not going to? You the think, locker room's not going to? You think Jerry Jones got to where he's at right now with all the money that he has by being sentimental, by doing people favors? You just told me league. that the locker room got Ezekiel Elliott paid. Yeah. If the locker room got Ezekiel Elliott paid, Dude, they the sure room... as hell are going to get Dak Prescott paid. Are you sure about that? Yes. Where, where's Tony Romo? Where was the locker room with Tony Romo? They like Dak Prescott. It was no, 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 no. Time out, time out. You can't have this both ways. You talked about the locker room is going to get Dak Prescott paid. Tony Romo gave how many years of blood, sweat, and tears and his back to that team? And how and, much? And, and then you mean to tell me that the locker room was like, hey, Tony, thanks for, you know, those eight or nine years of being a Pro Bowl level quarterback, taking us to the playoffs, all that good stuff. But yeah, we're with Dak Prescott now. So you think that's how it's going to go down? I think it, that's how it went down. I think more people sided with Dak Prescott. By the way, go back and look at the uh, Tony Romo stuff. How long did that linger? You know why? Because Jerry Jones was sentimental toward Tony Romo. He wanted him back. There was Brent, because there was, there was talk any that, other option with Tony Romo. It was Dak Prescott. We didn't know what Dak Prescott was going to be. He had already filled in admirably. Oh, Brent, come on. Go look man. how long. I'm going to Google it when we go to break. Come go on. Look Brent. at how long that lingered because of the love affair for Tony Romo from Jerry Jones. Brent, let's call. Like we see it, okay? You had a six-round pick from Mississippi State that you didn't know who you're gonna have at the fourth time. Round. I'm sorry, fourth-round pick from Mississippi State. You didn't know who you're gonna have replacing Tony Romo, okay? Like, yeah, of course he's gonna get on a Tony Romo as long as he could because we didn't know what Dak Prescott was gonna be. You mean to tell me all the experts out there with Dak Prescott were like, yeah, this guy Mississippi State? Yes, he's gonna be a star player. The players and everybody said you gotta go Dak. Jerry okay. Jones dragged his feet on Tony Romo. Okay, he wanted him back. So all the players knew that Dak Prescott was gonna be the man going forward right away well players know right do they players got ezekiel you so do you don't think the players are going to go to bat for dak prescott coming off injury to get I'm a long-term it, deal i'm saying it's not going to matter uh, I, I, I think you just proved it mattered it's not going to matter ezekiel no. Elliott got paid you said because Dude, of the locker room the locker room but let's be honest he's gonna get paid anyways what were you not gonna do not pay him i know he's gonna get paid anyways that's why he was having fun with who's dak and everything i like it was fun though i do all right. I um, think Jerry Jones is a sucker for the sentimental story. I don't know I if we disagree. answered Kevin's question at all, but I do think sentimental so, value will come into play for a deal with Dak Prescott. So if you're in a sentimental value, then why doesn't Dak Prescott get paid by, by the, the start of the season? Why'd you franchise take him, though? If, if he means that much to the team, and he's the leader of the Dallas Cowboys, and the locker room seems to love him, all this stuff, then why hasn't Jerry Jones paid him yet? Who's going to get mad at me? So we'll I don't break, care. we'll come back and yeah, I'll go tell you why. Yeah, that question. Coming back on ESPN 69. We're going to fight when we come back. <laughs> Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? <laughs> I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, you know, you absolutely hate it for Dak. I mean, the way that he was playing this year and... Um, you know, everything he's put into it, you know, it's, I hate to see that for him. 
And so, I mean, it's emotional. Um, you hate that injuries happen in this game. Unfortunately, they're part of it, and I'm definitely praying for him. You know, he's, it's been a lot of fun to be around him ever since I've got here, just to see how he works, see how he prepares. And, I um, mean, you can see with just the way that he was playing this year. And so um, I absolutely hate it for him and, and, and definitely am praying for him. I mean, come on. It's from, it's from the Cowboys. Yeah. <clears throat> He's white. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Don't want to be racial, but okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a great second question. Well, I mean, yeah. So if it's, oh, is that Mike McCarthy? No. It's the Red Rifle, baby. Oh, it's Andy Dalton. See, yeah. dude, he's, he's always on the back burner of my mind. He was so hot. I was so, uh, I, I was hot. hot. Yeah. I, I, I got a question. How do you, like, go in an MMA fight? Yeah. Right? You get all jacked up for, like, three minutes, five minutes, five minutes, right? Five yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go to your corner, and you settle down for a little bit. Yeah. And then get all fired up and jacked up again yeah. because you know what i was hot for a bit now i wish we just stayed with the segment because i sure. can't get back to my oh, yeah, yeah. anger oh. <laughs> like I, i'm having trouble getting there redlined it no, right like, you yeah, like, it, I, you I the engine. like you i can't the engine, i don't think i can deliver again unless you say something asinine <laughs> okay well let me see what i can do because trust me they're probably it's probably gonna come uh, no like uh, it's actually a great call but you can get that in practice right like when you spar you spar for five minutes so you go back to your, you don't go to a corner but you just relax How, what is it's the time like table in, the, in a fight rounds 60 seconds? Yeah, between seconds? rounds, it's, uh, it's 60 seconds between rounds. Okay. Yeah. But we just had a six-minute commercial. Yeah, so for sure. That's so too you should long. Be, yeah, it's way too long. You're up, you kind of taper <laughs> off a little bit. But it's crazy you mentioned that, though. So my first 11 fights counting amateur and pro never went to the stool. Right, so then everyone like it was always the first round. So literally, oh, okay. so like my 12th fight, uh, you know, the, the, the horn, like the, the the bell goes off, and I'm walking back, and my coach is like, "Well, this is weird." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, man." What are you supposed to tell me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not what? Yeah. So see, what we kind of have, have a little funny moment there, a little funny <laughs> exchange. But basically, what you're trying to do there is trying to get your heart rate back down. Because yeah, usually, yeah. in a fight, adrenaline flowing, you're probably in the 200 range, uh, realistically, really? with your heart, yeah, with your beats per minute. Um, what you want to do is get it down to 140. If you're wow. down to 140, you're good to go. Mine was at 180 in the last uh, segment. Okay. Just yeah, to... <laughs> for sure. And now you're probably down to 90. <laughs> All because of Kevin's question. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is there's a sentimental value. Yeah. Is there any? And Austin's played in the league, and of course he knows how the business works. And the, yep. and the answer to that is probably no across the board. I think this one could be different. I ever even raised the question. I wonder if Dak has more value now injured yeah. with all the Cowboys' expectations with Andy Dalton if he doesn't deliver. And there is some sentimental value in Dallas for Dak. I mean, the guy is below. He's a superhuman being. Yeah. And and again, that doesn't mean you're a great football player, but he's a superhuman being and a pretty good football player. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, sure. it's not like this is. Hey, I don't know if he's any good. People think he's good. No, I mean, let's keep in mind before he, you know, before he got injured. I mean, that I'm reminded of that Cleveland Browns game, 502 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, 502 yards. Like, let's be honest, the Cowboys have a lot of problems right now. The offense wasn't the problem this season so far. It's the defense. But right? what we were pretty much fired up about is like you don't think Jack, Jerry no, Jones has a sentimental value no uh, way, bone in his body. There's, there's there's no room for sentimental value in the NFL. And I was reading back on the Romo stuff a little bit, and there were there were instances where they were going to like everybody had basically committed to Dak. Yeah. And Jason Garrett had committed, and even like Jerry Jones had basically committed. But still, when he would go on like the radio show in Dallas, yeah. he would he would still drop like Tony Romo's name and be like, "Well, there's a there's a way that he could come back and play." Like, didn't want to close the book on it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I believe there's been some sentimental value with 
Tony Romo in the past. Now, I don't know if their relationship is as strong because you raised the question before we went to break. Well, then why didn't he pay him already? You know, mm-hmm. and what we don't know is because we saw a lot of stuff going on at that time. They seemingly wanted to pay him. He seemingly wanted a contract, but they weren't going to give him enough for did he turn down? We don't know because we don't know the negotiation. Sure. But there were all sorts of those things like, hey, the Cowboys don't want to give him that much or oh, Dak turned down this much or whatever the case was. So we don't know why they didn't get paid. It certainly never elevated to the status of not getting paid. It didn't elevate to Yannick Ngakwe saying, hey, you're not paying me. I want out. Dak yeah. didn't do that. Like yeah. So I don't know their relationship. I'm not saying it's as strong as Tony Romo. I just think there's going to be this wave of emotion inside the locker room, in the city of Dallas for Dak, in the football world for Dak, to come back and be part of the Dallas Cowboys. And by the way, there will be other teams, maybe even here in Jacksonville, that could be interested in a guy like Dak Prescott, Mm. depending on what happens in the draft and with their quarterback situation. Sure, sure. Yeah, listen, and the whole Tony Romo thing. I mean, you can call it sentimental. I call it Jerry Jones trying to save his behind a little bit, where if Dak didn't work out, well, then you have the B option of Tony Romo going back in, right? Like, if you're a GM, obviously, you want to have a fail-safe just in case, you know, the first plan doesn't work. Let's say Dak Prescott goes out there, and all of a sudden he he fails, and he's not the answer at quarterback. Well, he can go back to Tony Romo. Like, that, to me, is why Jerry Jones held on to Tony Romo more than just, well, because, you know, all, all that Tony Romo's done for that team. Now, regardless of what you say, it is what it is. With Dak Prescott, though, listen, you paid a running back money, okay? Now, I get it. You drafted him very highly, right? Um, he's one of the, you know, the cogs that makes that offense go. I understand that. But you paid a running back over your quarterback. Now, whether or not Dak was asking for too much money, uh, we'll see what it is. But at the end of the day, you franchise tag your quarterback. You are leasing the leader of your team. You are leasing supposedly this great guy, this captain, this, you know, staple in the community. You're leasing him. You didn't sign him to a contract. You didn't, you know, commit. You just leased him for the year and said, ah, let's see what happens here. Well, not what happened. So once again, I'll just reiterate, if you're truly worried about sentimental value and you truly treasure that dude, you should probably should have paid him this prior to the season as opposed to franchise taking him and having him on a one-year lease. Bookmark this conversation, please, Coos. Okay, this is uh, whatever date it is today, October, whatever. And let's see what happens with Dak Prescott down the road. And um, if he gets paid or maybe gets a little bonus. So what's what's going to be the telling sign? Like if he's like the top three highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Because, you know, I mean, he's going to get paid eventually. We know that. Well, I think the concern, what Kevin was saying is like, hey, it's a cutthroat league, man. It's like, hey, now you're not worth as much as you were worth. Right? And, and that's where I'm at. And that's where you're at. And I think he's going to get paid handsomely enough to know that's not as it's not a significant drop off in what you thought. So top you know? three, top four, what are we talking? Uh, top five? Who's right now? you got Mahomes, Watson. Um, I mean, we'll shoot, Matt Ryan's making like $40 million. Yeah. Here's How about this? Anything, I'll, I'll make the over-under at $34 million. I say above $34 million a year. See, I, I, Brent, Coming I, off I, I can't that foot. Did you see I, that? Foot? Yeah, but Brent, the market fluctuates. All right. It's always fluctuating. I'm going to need want in or out. I, I want top three highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL because that's what he wanted last year. Give it to him this year. Then if you're so sentimental, put your money where your mouth is. Make him a top three. Highest paid who's quarterback. the top three quarterbacks? Then? Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Cleo Mack, Cleo Mack's not a quarterback. Uh, Russell Wilson. What's Russell getting paid? Uh, I mean, it's hard to break down here. So he got a hundred and forty million. So over 
Five years, four so years. So on average, he's making thirty-five million, or the, the AVV. I don't know, man. This is yeah, a that's way. average yeah. per year. Yeah, so 35? thirty-five million a year. Okay, I will say more than Russell Wilson. Fair enough. More than Russell Wilson. Let me. Uh, That's thirty-five million. What do you want from me? He's coming okay. off a compound fracture okay. dislocation. Okay. More and I'm than thirty-five million. Give him thirty-five million a year. More than thirty-five million. Ah, uh, more than. Okay. You can take Deal. It or leave it. Deal. More than thirty-five million. Put it down in the books. Let's go. All right, we'll see what happens. Bookmark yeah. this date, October Bookmark it. 13th. Okay. Do you want me to actually put it down? Because no one else is going to do it. Huh? Yeah, you can do it. I got it. All right. Um, all right, uh, big news out of Gainesville. Oh, boy. Dan Mullen picked a bad week to ask for 90,000 people in the swamp. I mean, now there's 19 <laughs> players, 19 That's not funny, football but, players yeah. that have tested positive for COVID-19 yeah. for the University of Florida. Scott Strickland just issuing a statement in the last few minutes. University of Florida team has experienced an increase in positive COVID tests among players this week. Out of an abundance of caution, the word, the phrase of 2020, team activities are paused as of Tuesday afternoon. Head coach Dan Mullen has been in communication with football players and their parents. And I've had conversation with the Southeastern Conference office, last week's opponent, Texas A&M, and this week's opponent, LSU. These circumstances will be reevaluated by UF Health and the Athletic Department sports medicine staff on Wednesday. Now, these teams carry a lot of players. So I don't know, and we don't know who the players are. I'm not even sure we'll find out who the players are. Mm-hmm. But could the game be in jeopardy on Saturday against LSU? And the irony is ridiculous. The optics are awful. Dan Mullen, after the game on Saturday, we talked about this yesterday, and I don't want to pile on Mullen, but it's just unbelievable, really, that Mullen brings this up. He brought it on himself, yeah, and then he... He deferred all the questions yesterday and even was still adamant about, hey, if they're going to allow us 90,000, let's fill up the swamp. Uh, That's what he finally got to. Well, now a day later, they're pausing activities because 19 players on the football team have tested positive. Yeah. And I mean, it's really about as bad as look as you can get for Dan Mullen and, and the Gators football program right now. Yeah. And then, then they've obviously they've ceased uh, team activities, according to Sports Illustrated right now. So we'll see if that game even goes down. But we talked about reading the room. Obviously, Dan Mullen did not read the room after that game. Obviously, emotions were high a little bit. He's blaming the crowd for the loss, telling everybody to fill up the swamp. And now you have 19 cases confirmed. And listen, I guess they got to reiterate those, make sure they're not false positives, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I would hate to be a PR person or a marketing person right now for the Florida Gators football program. Simple as that. Yeah, and so the number being floated around is 19. The Gators have not said 19. Uh, so we'll see uh, where it goes, you know. But again, Dan Mullen's word. Listen, I this stuff is so fluid that you have to be careful what you say. That's why Mullen was so out of place saying that the other day. Like you can't do that. I told you yesterday on the show, Mullen probably got reprimanded. By Strickland mm-hmm. or the president or somebody and said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Because nobody has opened up. The governor has said you can, but nobody's doing it. Mm-hmm. The Jags aren't doing it. By the way, this is a business. You make money if you do it this Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're not. The Dolphins said they're not. Uh, you can you can argue and debate whether it's political, whether it's right or wrong. I, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying they're not. And then you have the coach of the Florida Gators. Say, hey, let's put 90,000 in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and without really the cons- unless that was a, a man, listen, unless that was from the top down to say, hey, let's float this out there. Let's try to get some Come on. Come on. There's no way. Right? Was, no, come on. Man. We, 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 we don't believe about? that for There's a second. There's no way. So 
it was just ill-timed and really a mistake by Mullen to do that. And that's not to – I don't think – again, I'm not a big pile-on guy. It's yeah. just amazing that what's now transpired from Saturday to Tuesday. You know, But you do have people like this tweeting out uh, the quote that he said, I think we're a model of safety of what we've been doing during this time period. Well, now all of a sudden they've got positive tests and yeah. maybe even an outbreak. And listen, that's unfair because that can happen all over the place. But Mullen is the one that put himself in this situation to say these things that are now going to be used against him. We talked about this yesterday a little bit, but – I guess this is why I can never cut it as a collegiate coach, just because of the the ego and the entitlement. Like it was one thing when you blamed the, the fans, and that's why you know in A and M the Aggies why you got beat. You know, like the crowd had everything to do with it. No, it didn't. I watched the game and I listened to the game. And, and unless they were and unless they were muting down the crowd for whatever reason, that wasn't the reason why you lost the game. So that's my first issue. And then just the whole thing with. Worrying about your students. Like, listen, I understand trying to get the students excited. Like, times are tough right now, and maybe you're trying to get the school excited about Florida Gators football. It's a big game against LSU. I get all that. But at the end of the day right now, you don't need Twitter. You don't need Facebook to know that the world right now, it's crazy, and it's chaotic. And what you need to do if you're a head coach of your football program is worry about the guys inside that locker room and make sure everybody else is good. Let the outside forces dictate what the outside forces may, but don't worry about those outside influences and forces. Just focus on the task at hand of beating LSU and worry about your own guys. And unfortunately, it didn't, and now it's an optics nightmare um, in Gainesville. Well, and by the way, they're not the only one. Mullen's not the only one trying to get this to happen. Mm -hmm. The New Orleans Saints, this was new in the last uh, hour or so from Schefter and and others out of Louisiana. But the New Orleans Saints are exploring the idea of moving games to Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge so they can get fans in there because the Superdome isn't allowing any fans in. Yeah. And so they want to have some fans in. No. And so they may go play up in Baton Rouge. Now, this looks like, a, obviously, a power play sure. by the Saints. But he's not alone. Like, they want fans in. They, uh, and, and the Superdome isn't allowed. The city of New Orleans isn't allowing it. So I, these are – it's an interesting thing to fight for right now. You know, it's just an – of all the things to worry about, it's, if you're Mullen and everything they, else, if fighting for 90000 man, you're playing football. Aren't we, aren't we all just happy football's being played right now? Listen, it's interesting how – Different coaches right now are having different responses. You know, like you see, I guess Sean Payton wants fans. Dan Mullen wants fans. Like, listen, I have a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin and what he's done in Pittsburgh. Remember when in Pittsburgh their game got canceled ever? Because what do they say? Hey, we don't care, man. Yeah, we'll play we, 13 we in a row. Yeah, we'll play 13, but we don't care. Like, we're just like, on to the next ben one. was a little different. <laughs> no, no, for sure. For sure. But, like, you know, but the leader, the head coach of the team, yeah. the guy that gets his guys ready to play, just like, we don't care. Like, yeah. let's just go. Put the game on the moon with Thank no you. people, with crying babies, with yes. whatever. It doesn't matter. Exactly. We'll, we'll play. And, and that's the way you're that's supposed you gotta to have it, man. Especially Come on. in that sport. That's the way you're supposed to be. That's the attitude you're it supposed just, to have. It, it just it blows my mind where these are like the top guys at their jobs. Like the, you, you're at your dream jobs right now, and the entitlement and just the bubble, the, the whining and the compl- it, it's, 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 it's a different kind of bubble. They live I in guess, a different man. world than the rest. of I us. guess um, yeah. they really do. I believe that. Yeah. Said it for a long, long time, and I think uh, these are this is proof of it. Some of these things. All right, we come back. Josh Allen, Jaguars pass rusher, joins us. Hopefully he's healthy. We'll see where he is on that front. And how do the Jags fix it? Uh, Also ask him about some of the performances from some of the defensive players. And then at 515, Jason Fitz will get his thoughts on this uh, 
uh, Florida Gators situation, and more. It's on the way. One more hour to go. Man, we could go another couple hours today. i got a lot of topics to get to. Stay with us on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 